We've got five weeks of concerts all wrapped up into one extended episode here on the Music Universe Podcast. Matt, are you glad to be home? Yes, but then I go again in like four days to Florida. So uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know how you do it. You've you've run me ragged as we record this. I'm still in pajamas. <laughs> you haven't gotten ready for the day? I haven't had time. <laughs> okay, well don't make that I, my I've fault. Been... I'm two thousand miles away now. Well, I, I'm I'm saying I'm blaming you for running me ragged and I've gotten a little lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, oh my god! It's been fun. It's it's been crazy fun, and uh, I can't say I yeah. wouldn't want it any other way. Because as we were talking off air, I like to space out activities, and you're like, "Well, that's not how you live life." But you know, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's been fun. It it was also, um, buddy. I have to tell you something. Mm, oh boy! Huma huma nuka nuka pwa ah. <laughs> Shut the hell up! Oh my god! All right, I have to, I, I have to explain this to our listeners. I wanted him to be my little, my little science monkey and sh- show you what happens. So it was in between the first and second trip to Vegas. We'll go back and start at the beginning of this trip in a little bit. But you got to understand, our relationship is one minute we're getting under each other's skin. The next minute, <laughs> we're being rather introspective and talking about what we want to do for the site. The next, we're making each other laugh hysterically. So, <laughs> yeah, we were doing some running around the night before we were leaving to come back to Vegas. Your daughter was in the car. We were talking. Somehow we got on to talking about really long words like anti-disestablishmentarianism. And, and somehow I said, well... <laughs> The state fish for Hawaii is a really long name. And you said, oh, what is it? I said, it's the Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Pua'a. And you're like, that's not a word. So while we're in Home Depot, (laughs) because, you know, gay man and power tools, no thank you. I'm just, I'm just looking it up. I'm like, and we get back to the car, go here, Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Pua'a. And you just fall over (laughs) laughing at the idea that that's the name of a fish. And and then, yeah. so the next day on the way to Vegas, but what really happened was the next day on the way to Vegas, we're listening to some Sugarland, and I said, hey, do you have this deluxe album with this live version of Life in a Northern Town? And for those that don't know Life in a Northern Town, it's a very famous song. The chorus is, hey, oh, my mama, hey, didn't die. Hey, oh, my mama, hey, didn't die. Like, it's just that over and over again. I'm not doing it real well yeah hey know. you know hey uh, you know it, it's just this interesting i guess chanting chant. kind yeah, of chant. chorus and you said the fateful words sounds like that fish of yours <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the next time that chorus comes on i'm just sitting next to you in the car we're crossing the Nevada state line as this is happening. Yeah. So we're in Prim, Nevada with the casinos in Prim all around us. There's, you know, native reservation type casinos. And, and I just go, who mama nuka nuka pa. <laughs> and you start laughing to the point where you couldn't breathe. Couldn't I couldn't see. see. I couldn't see where I was going because I was laughing so hard. It was dark and tears were coming down my eyes. 
So anytime I want him to laugh, I just go huma huma nuka nuka pwa'a, and he falls over. <laughs> I don't and even try fact, to pronounce it. He was, and he can tell me, he can tell this embarrassing story later. But we were laughing about something I did, and then in order to deflect, and we're walking back to the room at Park MGM where we were staying for the George Strait <laughs> concert, and. He was laughing at a stupid moment I'd had down in the casino, and I think you remember that stupid moment. And, and <laughs> he's laughing at me, and we're in the hallway, and I just go, hey, buddy, huma huma nuka nuka pwa'a. And he goes on the floor, just falls <laughs> onto the floor. <laughs> oh, my God. This is just done. Uh, just completely uh, done. <laughs> We went from a 360 of getting on each other's nerves to laughing our ass off on the floor of um, a really nice <laughs> casino hotel. Yep. It's just been nonstop since the 1st of February. You came out. We went to Disneyland, then uh, went to Vegas the next day. Well, we go to, well, first we go to Los Angeles on the 2nd. Mm-hmm. And a reason I mentioned that is because we stopped at a really cool bookstore and you got a CMA book. But you're yelling at me because we have your daughter with us. And you're like, why are we on Skid Row? I'm like, we're not on Skid Row. We're near Skid Row. There is a difference. Do you see the tents? It was close enough. And actually, I had forgotten it was kind of in in that kind of an area of downtown L.A. I thought it was in a more hippie type district. I was worried about getting mugged. Yeah. Oh, please. In broad daylight. Oh, it's L.A. Well, we go to this bookstore, the last bookstore. We both find really cool books that we want. Um, I found a book on basic blackjack strategy. You found uh, the CMA thing. Mm -hmm. You found a signed Reba book that you gave to Jesse, which is really cool. Well, and it was signed to somebody named Patty. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, anytime I get her autograph, great, but I don't need it personalized to somebody else. And Jess doesn't care. She didn't have the book. I have two different copies of it. So I'm like, yeah, you, you take this one. So then we go to Disney. And I have to say, your picky eater of a daughter did really, really well. Uh, we had the chance to eat at Club 33, if you follow our socials. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is another classic Matt. <laughs> classic Matt and Buddy. Because we're looking up things and we're like, oh, this a la carte menu is not so bad. Things yeah. are expensive. It'll come out to a little over 100 a person, but whatever. You know, there'll be something. Nope, we get there. They sit us down. It's this fine dining three-course meal, and it was absolutely delicious. But your daughter is still in that phase where she's a picky eater. Yeah. So we were like, oh, crap. But actually, some of the courses she really liked. Yeah, it was uh, actually four courses when you factor in the, the two yes, appetizers. Yes, four courses, yes. But she told me the other day, she goes, I only liked like half of what I had. I didn't <laughs> like the rest. I go, well, it's behind us. It's done. You you know, enjoyed it. But uh, we asked for the kids menu because I just have to. She's sitting there making these faces. I'm mm-hmm. like, um. You guys don't have another menu, do you? They go, no, that's our only menu. I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess whatever we and saw you know, online wasn't accurate. I could I could make fun of you for that, but I won't because it's, it's a good point, right? Disney caters to families, especially mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in. Everybody has a kid who, you know, just because you make X amount of dollars a year doesn't mean your kid's going to want to eat, you know, little uh, 
uh, halibut cod, bites. halibut bites. You know, Those kids like what they're gonna like, no matter you know, no matter whether you're a lawyer or a or a or a worker at Walmart. Your kids, yeah. kids have food, have their favorite food. So, you know, you would think Club Thirty Three. You would think it would be logical that Club Thirty Three would cater to that, but. Clearly they don't. They, you know, they have to know their, I guess the members know whether or not it's good for their kids or not. And they go, and we weren't the only ones there with their kids. There was actually uh, a family or two there with kids younger than yours. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. But the, the, the other embarrassing buddy story I want to tell about Disney is uh. really kind of stupid. But <laughs> we're, go- we're going on the Haunted Mansion. And Shut anybody up. who's a who's a Disney fan, I'm gonna preface no. this to say it had been probably six years since I'd been there. Oh, so right. shut up. So anybody who's a fan of Disney knows that when you go on the haunted mansion, you go in the stretching room. In Florida, it's fake. In Disneyland, it's real. You have to go on the stretching elevator to get down to the ride building. So we get on the stretching elevator. They shuttle us in. You know, big group. Everybody, as many as they can fit. And the stretching elevator does its thing. The stretching room elevator does it th- does its thing. It stops. The lights come back on. But he looks at me, blank face, totally serious. Is that it? <laughs> I almost smack him. Because I'm like, no, there's a whole other ride. This is how we get to the ride building. Now we're going to go... And we're going to get on the ride, and then we're going to be on the ride, and then it'll be over. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remember the ride at this point. <laughs> it's such a blur. Oh, my God. We did so many things. There was the time when we single rider lightning uh, the uh, Radiator Springs racers thinking they would let you stay with Jesse. And they didn't, so she didn't want to do it. Meanwhile, you're texting me, you know, we got out of it, and I'm already in my car. I'm like, oh crap! (laughs) Yeah, I didn't care. So it was Disney was fun. Then we went back to Bakersfield that night, turned right around, and what did we do? We went to Las Vegas. And why did we go to Las Vegas? To see Garth's one man show. That Friday. That was so much fun. I'll never forget that show. Oh, I know Uh, you won't. There's a few reasons why you won't forget that show. No, I want to talk about the show first, then we'll get to that. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Shut up. I. You want to go, man? The, sh- the sh- <laughs> You'll understand what he's saying in a minute. Well, he's being weird. He's not threatening me. He knows I can. If I talk him. too much, you'll, you'll say something. Right. Go I ahead. Could, I could break him in half. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, but what did you think of the show? What did you think of, of the show? It was. I loved it. I, I loved it. I've seen him acoustic one other time, but that was for a very quick iHeartRadio, yeah. just 12 songs. This was 50 verse and chorus. Trisha was there for two seconds. It was just fabulous. Yeah, I, You know, I enjoyed it. I, I knew it was going to be that. Um, mm-hmm. And part of the reason I'll say that I didn't enjoy it, we'll get to in a moment, um, because the room is just him and his guitar, obviously. Mm-hmm. So any little chit-chat, you're going to be distracted by and um it was great because you got to hear stories that he did not get to say on the one-man show he didn't win because that was you know 
2009 to 14. And he hadn't been inducted into the Hall of Fame at that point, or at least he was inducted towards the end of his win run. Yeah. Um, and so he didn't input any of those stories into the old show. Uh, we're right. not going to tell you what he talks about, because if you get a chance to see it, they lock your phones. So it's just you and him in the room with Trisha if she mm-hmm. comes out and they don't want anything shared on social media. So we're just saying it's definitely worth the ticket price if you get to go. If he does park MGM for the residency, if there is a residency after the stadium tour, which he's kind of making no secret of the fact he wants to do, talks about it on Studio G and whatever. And mm-hmm. we think he's going to alternate one month in Vegas, one month in Nashville, et cetera, et cetera, back and forth. Um, Park MGM is less intimate than the win, but it's still like you're in his living room. It's really cool. Well, to make it more intimate, they uh, chop off the whole balcony section. So they didn't mm-hmm. even sell tickets for that. Um, so it made it even more intimate. But um, I'll, I'll let you finish the rest because you're more of a storyteller than I am. Okay. I'll chime in when I see fit. I've been going to Vegas for eight years now. I've been there 12 times over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Most of that from 21 onward. I was there like four times last year. The thing about Vegas is you can tell when the, who the spoiled rich kids are. Mm-hmm. Who are just doing something because it's trendy. And I want to preface this by saying that we upgraded, so it's kind of my fault. Well, we should be able to upgrade without any issues. Let's put it that way. Right. We should be able to upgrade. We They had released production hold seats. I'm guessing, I'm going to speculate, that he didn't know if he wanted a lip on the stage or if they were just going to go with the bare stage. Because like when Aerosmith comes in or when Lady Gaga's there with Enigma, I don't know how it is for jazz and piano, um, but the stage orchestra the front of the stage because what we sat in was folding chairs Mm -hmm. uh we weren't in the actual chairs in the stands that were probably nicer plush chairs so they probably didn't know what kind of stage extension if any garth was going to want so on the friday before the show they put the first 10 rows on sale except for the first row which of course he always holds back billy joel does that too upgrade the people in the top and they get first row awesome but they, he put the the front section, let's say, that they wanted to sell on sale. Mm-hmm. Where we get to Park MGM and you're like, oh, man, they had VIP stuff. Because, you know, Buddy loves his VIP packages. He did it for Reba. Right. But, but they, they didn't announce it. They didn't advertise it. It was nothing. It was just right. you walk in and, and the casino where the entrance of the or one of the entrances to the venue is, it said VIP this way. It's like. What are you talking about? We're journalists. We didn't even know it. Well, and I think it only gets offered to people of certain levels with MGM gaming. I think you have to be a certain status member. Mm -hmm. I think That makes sense. I I, I did go back to the box office. So we went in a little early. They took our phones uh, and you were like, I got to make a phone call. I'm like, I should probably let people know I'm going to be turning my phone off. So I went back out as well, and I wanted to get an envelope for our new tickets. So I went back to the box office after we upgraded, and I said, hey, I didn't know we could buy through you. It was The on-sale was directly through Ticketmaster. He said, yeah, 
watch your email because that's where the VIP packages and stuff come through is just check our site, check everything. So I think it gets sent to a select number of people. I think that's mm. what that was. That so anyway, sense. we get there. We go, VIP, what the heck? So you're over in Italy trying to look for a cannoli or something. And trying to meet you where you said to meet you. <laughs> right, because the tickets were under my name because of my card was used. Well, I get our tickets, then I get back in line. I'm like, hmm, do you have any VIP uh, available? They go, no, we're all sold out. I said, well, what's the closest you have? And it was like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> because they pointed to essentially the sixth row, but really with the way we were on the end towards the stage, it was almost like it was the third row yeah. because we weren't in the middle section. We were on the end where the rows start to taper, yeah. you know? Yeah. If you can picture on a seating chart, like almost like a, a half circle shape that gets smaller and smaller as you get closer to the stage. We were like six rows back, but really on the end, so we were kind of third row because we weren't in the dense part of the seating. So... She shows me that, and like an out-of-body experience, my hand goes in my pocket, and I hear myself say, Oh, that's a no-brainer. Here's my credit card. <laughs> All while I'm still looking for you at Italy. And it took him a while to process the card because there was some issue with, not with the card, but with their system. I'm like... And you come looking for me, you're like, go away. What do you do? Go away. No, ha, ha, ha. You think I'm joking. Go away. I will come find you. Go away. Oh, you're serious. Okay. <laughs> so he, so you go. You leave. They're wrapping up. I go, okay, come back here. I said, this is where we're sitting. And you go, I don't, I don't think it registered completely what I had done right away. Right. With you, because you were like, what? What about, What? <laughs> so, so we go then to then we figure on about selling our old tickets and I actually think I'm a little annoyed at you I'm going to yeah, say I don't care because you were you were so anxious to get inside and first of all the merch was crap there was nothing really that there was a modified shirt from the stadium show that had the Vegas with the circle G Underneath it said Garth Experience, which it didn't say at Allegiant. Well, we and bought it, it anyway, so don't say it's crap. <laughs> well, there was nothing specific like there was for Ryman or right. or um, uh, Opry. Right. Also, there was a hat that said just Garth Brooks. And if you go to the website, you can't find a hat that just has a patch hat that just says Garth Brooks. It's all world tour, stadium tour. So I thought, okay, probably can only get this here. That's fine. And that's how he gets you. You know, the little modifications, and you have to have it. We want to sell our tickets, and we're over at the box office, uh, and they try to, they talked us down to get rid of them for about half of what we paid for them, the original tickets. Because I got to say, if anybody from Garth's camp listens to this, we don't scalp. We just want to no. make our money back. Okay, I was a little annoyed at MGM, because I couldn't trade it in. Yet the only place we knew to buy tickets was Ticketmaster. We, could, we couldn't trade it in because we didn't buy direct from MGM. And pro tip for anybody who goes to concerts, if you buy tickets from MGM, they're gold tickets. Okay? Even the ones that aren't souvenirs, they're printed gold with the little MGM Casino Lion on it. Yeah. Ticketmaster tickets are your gray and red and blue Ticketmaster tickets. They can't do an exchange. So I wanted to do a proper upgrade and pay only the difference. Couldn't do that. 
because we didn't buy through MGM. But if you're not going to tell us we can buy through MGM, how do we know? Right. And if these seats are only box office walk-up only, and you can't do it on Ticketmaster, and Ticketmaster's doing Golden Circle uh, platinum pricing where the fluctuates based on demand anyway, how can you quantify that? So right, that right. gets back into our whole ticket sales discussion, which we've done on another podcast. So just a quick pro tip for anybody looking to do something like this, especially if he announces his residency. Okay, so we go to sell tickets, and I accept way under what we could have. Well, I go back out at about 7 o'clock. I, think I figure I'll head back in. I'll lock up about 7.30. That's a little bearable. There are tons of people begging for tickets in front of that box office by then. I'm like, oh, my God, we could have made our money back. Mm. And we probably could have charged, say, 700 instead of 600 because and just made our taxes and stuff back as well because these people were dying for tickets. They were begging for it. So, um, But the people we sold it to had a point. Uh, probably by, the sh- by showtime because everybody had their tickets and the pressure was off. I don't doubt that they were right that the, where we were sitting had de- decreased in value yeah. at that point. I don't doubt that at all. So um, I don't think they were trying to nickel and dime us. I really think that's what they were looking at. Because the one guy goes, oh, he knows what the value is. I'm like, no, I don't. This is what we bought them for. We haven't been on Ticketmaster all day. The box office let us upgrade, but we couldn't do a straight swap. We're just Mm -hmm. trying to make our money back. You know, if you're seeing what you're seeing, okay, fair bet. But, you know, work with us here a little bit. So... We could have waited, probably could have got a little bit more money, but you never know. That's a gamble, and it's Vegas. You got to well, take exactly. a gamble. But I walk back out, and I'm like, shoot, there are a whole bunch of people waiting for these tickets. I could have probably sold. But you know what? The guys handed over three hundies that I just ended up gaming with anyway, so whatever. Well, plus, like you said, it's it's a gamble to wait longer. We had no idea people would still be coming up. We talked to a couple before we sold it to those guys. And Mm -hmm. they said they, you know, for they understood, well, for a few couple hundred more dollars, we can get kind of where you're sitting now as opposed to buying your tickets, which they were open to doing. I don't know if they ever did. And I just happened to be standing out there when these guys approached me. Hey, you have tickets like, yeah, I do. And yes, I was holding out for more, but you just never know. And I like to get in there early because, you know, we like to hit the merch line. We like to get a drink. We like to find our seats. So, you know, it was just one of those things you just. You just never know. And so I had our drinks ready. Shirley Temples, you kind of got me onto that since we saw Shania. Go ahead. And they had the cool uh, Shania branded cups, but I've not seen those anywhere else. I even ask anywhere we go. We we saw right. Reba Brooks and Dunn the next night. I'm like, hey, do you guys have cups like they do at Planet Hollywood? Oh, no. And then I asked for that and they didn't. So, um, you know. $16 later, we get a giant Shirley Temple to last us through the show. <laughs> For the record, I've never been to a show before at that point where they locked the phones up. So I honestly thought we could walk into the lobby with them to use and them. And it would unlock. And then, yeah, we we would be, they would then like lock whenever we walked into the venue. So that that's why I wanted really to get cool. in there early. You could probably put like, you know, those theft detector type things that you see at retail stores that are like the two stanchions on either side of you. You could probably put a magnetic thing that, you know, bop here on your way out and just take mm-hmm. it out. Because well, it was yeah. a little cumbersome to leave the venue. Yeah. Um, so that's, anyway. that's why I wanted to get in there early because I honestly thought that's how that worked. 
And then my phone's the giant iPhone, so that thing wouldn't even fit in one of the bags they put it in. It took a, you know, a, a tug on my end while they held it to get it out when I went out. And then he's like, I'm going to put it in a larger bag this time. Like, okay. Then I knew how it worked. So we had no way of getting it. But you always have to tug on it to get it out? Shut the hell up. (laughs) Just in Vegas. This was us. This was us the entire trip. Anyway. (laughs) um, Anyway. So uh, we're upgraded. We're good to go. I'm $300 richer. uh, Or poorer, depending uh, on how you look at it. (laughs) Well, glass glass half full, not half empty. Yeah. Uh, just that's what I got to tell myself. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so so I upgrade us. We upgrade, and um, we upgrade, and I'm like, you know what? The park is is a smaller thing to walk through. It's non-smoking. It's not overbearing in terms of being overstimulating. Not that mm-hmm. I get overstimulated easily, mm. but it's it's relaxing. Depends on to who you're with, that, I guess. It, I deserve that. <laughs> yes, um, very much so. So we go in, we sit down. Nobody's in front of us for like the first 15 minutes of the show. Then these, I told you I could, fig- I could spot spoiled rich kids. Yeah. The, the spoiled rich kid, 20 year old, 20 years old with already injecting their faces with shit, um, comes in and sits down. And they don't shut up. No. Oh, my God. I even made a comment to you. And, and they're talking. And, and it was fine at first. But they kept getting louder and louder and louder. They weren't watching the show. They were all wearing stupid cowboy hats that they just bought from Boot Barn that didn't even fit them right. Um... One girl was wearing metallic fringe because she thought it was chic. You know, she's the one who kept looking back at me, and I could tell, like, her cheeks were a little too puffy. She's already doing work to to make sure those wrinkles never come in. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked like they were a little older than 20-something, too, but who knows? Well, 30-something, trying to look young. Daddy's money is all it was. Daddy's money, exactly, is the point. And Garth's show, he tells a lot of great stories, and and we had a great time, and I didn't let it ruin us, ruin our time. But there was also a drunk guy behind us who was at uh, Bakersfield when Garth proposed and talked to Garth from the stage for a minute. That was a neat moment, though, because it involved Garth listening. Yes. And just relive that moment. But anyway, here, here we go. So they're talking and they're getting louder and it's getting harder to hear Garth tell his stories because, again, acoustic show, blank stage, a stool with some box water, Garth and his guitar. That is it. Yeah, that is it. There's no production. I cannot stress this enough. No production. Just him and the stories. So I look over at a person in front of the stage who I had actually had a good rapport with earlier um, before the show started. And I looked at him, and he looks at, we make eye contact, I wave at him, and I do, you know, a little bit of, little bit of hand gestures. I point at the four of them, I go, do, 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 uh, I do the cut it out sign across the neck, I look at, and I point back at him, like, can you say something? And he just shakes his head saying, nope, sorry. Mm. So, five minutes later, I lean over to, I make, the, and this is where I made the mistake, because there was one guy in the group who was very nice. He was very tall, like six foot three, and he had a cowboy hat on. And I just, I just tapped him on the shoulder and I said, hey dude, I'm short, do you mind? And he goes, not at all. 
Well, he had left for a little while, and I make the mistake of tapping on the the man who I can only presume in the group had the smallest penis. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I was about to say it myself. I knew it was coming. <laughs> because I go, excuse me, sir. We're here to listen to Garth tell his stories, not you two talk at each other the whole time. And he goes, hey, man, you want to go? You want to go? Shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Over and over again. <laughs> I just, and I just sit there going, and that's another thing that was really cool about the show is Garth wanted everybody to sit. Yeah. So unless it was a song you really wanted to get up and groove to, you sat during the show. Mm-hmm. which you never do at a Garth concert, which made it all the more enjoyable for my crippled-ass feet. Um, <laughs> so, Mr. Smalldick... Uh, <laughs> yes. Shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Mr. Drunk Guy finally leans in and says, Hey, he's not talking to you anymore. He asked you to be quiet. <laughs> really loud. So finally, Mr. Security Guard comes over. But the reason I called him... Mr. Small Dick, it's because the security guard comes over, and that's kind of the end of it. The blonde with all the collagen kept looking back at me, um, and but I think she was just drunk and aloof. Yeah. But the reason I called him Mr. Small Penis is because he deflated so quickly. He just <laughs> spent the rest of the show sulking. <laughs> <laughs> And anytime uh. anyone was his something, oh, don't talk, you're going to get yelled at. Oh, don't talk, you're going to get yelled at. Oh, don't talk, you're going to get yelled at. Like a spoiled little child that didn't get his way. Like a spoiled child. And that's when my suspicions about the rich kids were confirmed. Because I don't know anybody who, you know, paid to be there that wanted to be there that would have acted like that if, if somebody had told him to be quiet. Oh, right. and by the way, they were, of course, already drunk and had pre-gamed. But he's like, you want to go? You want to go? And I'm like, dude, I work in Washington. I know politicians. I can make three phone calls and daddy's money will be locked up. Like, <laughs> knock it off. When he was uh, saying, fuck you, man, what what were you wanting to say back? Nothing. I just wanted to get on enjoying the show. At that point, I felt bad for having even said something. No, you because... wanted to say something. You just... No, no, no. <laughs> At that point, with that having been the reaction, I felt bad for even saying something because now I'm anxious that this is going to turn into more of an issue. Whereas, had we had to just deal with them talking, it would have been, you know, they're doing their thing, we're doing ours. Well, I'm glad you said something, because I didn't want to hear them talking, they were disturbing. Right. And a lot of people around us thought the same thing. So, anyway, yeah, one woman said, good for you, you do what you gotta do, say something. So, uh, you know, he was Mr. Sulking, and what was so funny is that when the one dude would leave... And the one girl would leave, he'd be all over the other girl. Because it was two guys and two girls. Yeah. And then when the other girl would come back, they'd be all lovey dovey together. So it either they were there they were there for an orgy weekend and everybody was sleeping with everybody else, <laughs> or he's the player of the group and he's about to get found out. And I so wanted to say, Hey, when you leave, he's he's flirting with the other girl. I so wanted to just cause drama. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, you would have caused it. I, you know, you know, 2022, I don't know what it is. Moving to D.C., having the jobs that I do has just made me not care anymore about going, hmm, here's a pot of shit I can stir, you know, <laughs> and just making life 
miserable for people who deserve it. You know, I just, if that makes me a terrible person, whatever. But you're not Not going to get there and and ruin it for everybody else and not have consequences. And actually, I will say this, and this will wrap my end of this story, because then we got to get to the next night and then we got to get to the next weekend. So we got Mm -hmm. a lot coming up here. But to wrap this story, we went out there and, and look, I know I can be a Karen, but the secret to Karening is you never want to be a Karen for your own selfish reasons. You want to be a Karen for the betterment of the situation. Mm-hmm. So we went up to the ushers and I said, hey, not complaining, not looking for anything. We're music journalists. We go to a ton of shows. Here's the situation. We had a group of people in front of us that wouldn't stop talking. Um, I motioned to your people in front of the, to your ushers in front of the stage they wouldn't do anything. So I said something, and that escalated the situation a little bit more than I wanted it to, caused everybody in our section to get a little tense for a little bit. I said, this is an acoustic show. This isn't Lady Gaga with her 12-piece band, and you can talk to the person next to you, and the people in front and behind you aren't going to hear you. If Garth isn't playing music on his guitar, you very well could end up hearing the person in front of you better than hearing him. Yeah. I said, so... You need to, because this was the first night. I said, You need to know that for tomorrow and any subsequent shows that might come into this venue if he comes back. I said, This is the situation. And they went, Oh my gosh, we're so sorry. Those people in front of the stage that you motioned to, because again, we were close to the front, they were our security team. They're not supposed to intervene. They're supposed to get us, and we're supposed to intervene. Had you let us know even before you said anything, we would have taken care of it. No problem. And I got to tell you, that's not the answer I expected. I expected, oh, thanks for letting us know. We'll just be more vigilant tomorrow. Right. To know that they have protocol in place, and this is why I love Vegas. Vegas is some of the best entertainment venues in the entire world. Okay? And part of that is because of how they run those venues. When we went to see Reba Brooks and Dunn, there was a mask mandate in place. Everybody got in, took the masks off. The ushers didn't care. Um, Yeah. You know... If you want to, if you had a question about somebody wearing a cowboy hat in front of you, obstructing your view, they said they couldn't deal with it, but they had the answer for it. You know, guys said they rent the, you know, when you get the seat, you get the sky rights to it and you can wear whatever you want, you know, within reason. So world-class music venues, Park MGM was world-class. And I got to say, even though I was annoyed about the experience and that the security couldn't do anything, that was really classy of Park MGM to talk to us like that. Really, really classy. And I'm very impressed. Yeah. And this is like, they're not partners with us. This isn't a paid ad. We thoroughly enjoyed staying there and even just visiting before we even knew we were staying there. So it it was really, uh, really a great, uh, great experience. That first weekend we, um, we were staying at the Mirage and um, Tim Allen was there the same weekend. So Friday night and Saturday night, he had shows. We had gotten tickets for Saturday night and um, had photos that we were, you know, hoping to meet him because you you kind of know the the reins a little bit of how that theater works and where the artist has to come through. We waited at the beginning. Security had already eyed us and uh, just, you know, asked to verify our tickets. When we did, they told us we could, you know, go ahead and go into the theater. They'd be opening soon. And uh, you're like, okay, and just stood there. <laughs> and then you kind of just, I need you guys to go. And once you explained it, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, we can't. You know, because we have to let everyone else. Well, some other guys. Were I was able- like, 
Oh, I know your secrets. Yeah, really. You so, <laughs> so the other guys, uh, some other guys that did get an autograph, and uh, we tried to stop him uh, again, and you know he was escorted in. So after the show, again another show that didn't allow phones. They didn't lock them up, but if you were caught with them, they it even said before the show, which was stupid. But nothing was done before the show. You just couldn't use them during the show. After the show, we hung out. Same guys that had previously gotten an autograph had approached us. One of them started talking to us, and he's like, yeah, we've been out here since the show ended. He's not come out yet. So we hang out. It's about 20 after 10, 10.30, something like that, or 11.30, rather. And uh, about midnight, he comes out. Uh, there's another group of older people there. Well, Matt approaches him. I step right out in front, and I go, Mr. Allen. See, I've been stage drawing in New York for years i know how this is done mr allen and i extended my hand right in front of him and i essentially pulled him over to you you know yeah and yeah and we did it so uh i had he signed uh photos that we had i shook our hands and he was gracious enough to also take a photo with us and he was messing around with me it was great he was just because he was just being himself we got a little confused on which side we were going to do the photo on. He's like, well, is it this side? Is it this side? You know, and his gruff voice, oh, I'm just fucking with you. And I was laughing in the photo. <laughs> My daughter said she's never seen me that happy in a photo. It was yeah. the coolest. You were great. You were it, so excited. It was the, I was in, in a calm, but you know, cool way. It, it was the coolest thing because he was the nicest guy. And, you know, he, he, he signed both yeah. of them. They were the same photo. He didn't know what we were going to do with them, but he knew that we were, you know, there together seeing the show and uh, took the photos and we went on and it took me a while to get back, you know, to settle down because I was leaving the next day to come back to Bakersfield. But it was the coolest thing. The photos are out there on our socials and um, it, it was really, really pleasant to see that. Uh, it's almost as if COVID didn't exist because it was just like a... Um, I'm being escorted back. Yeah, they they lifted the the mask mandate the next weekend, and it's like you said, Tim didn't have his uh, his mask on or anything like that. So, yeah. um, and the Mirage is older. The, a lot of these newer casinos or these remodeled casinos, they'll build ways for the entertainers to get in and out without having to come uh, through the casino or walk through any area where there's pedestrians. Uh, but even Caesars, apparently, to get up to the guest suites for the big name entertainers that play the Coliseum. Ronnie Dunn had said it in an interview or something. No, we got to go through the floor. So they must disguise them and just have a boatload of security and they breeze by. Uh, so at Mirage, I won't go into too much detail because I do think we should, you should be respectful. If security's not going to let you meet the artist or the artist isn't going to meet people that are stage drawing for them, you have to respect that. And we always do. Um, Carol Burnett is very slippery at that, just as a tangent. She'll go out the opposite way everybody's waiting. But in <laughs> in and Mirage, you can't do that. Yeah. So there is a way to meet them in the lobby of the theater if you know where to stand. Yeah. So that's, that's all, all we'll I will say. That. But uh, it, it was a great weekend then. Um, you came back here Tuesday. We had a couple days in town. And then we went back up, against my will, Thursday night. You're welcome! <laughs> Shut up. For George Strait. You're welcome. Wait, no, I'm you sad. do not I'm get Friday. away with this. Shush. Mm -hmm. So I make the reservation for for Friday and Saturday. Then I call MGM back, 
and I say, how much would it be to come back Thursday and, and extend a day earlier? And they said, oh, well, you'll, you'll have to pay this amount extra. And it was like $200 more than I owed at the time of check-in for Friday. I'm like, <laughs> no. Well, I saw how fatigued you were doing the drive and going to Garth and all the running around. So I said, how about we get in nice and late in the evening, just get in, have dinner, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You were like, oh, all right. So Jesse gets out of school. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I say this not to make, well, to make fun of you a little bit, but uh, to explain to our friends and listeners, if you are going and they tell you one price, check again later. Because when I called to confirm that we wanted to do it, I said, they said, oh, the price went down a little bit. You only owe 80 bucks at the time of check. And I'm like, yeah. okay, another no-brainer situation. What the hell? So we went, and honestly, I enjoyed it. I got to sit down, play some blackjack in a smoke-free casino, knowing I could walk 50 feet to the room. It was really nice. It was mm -hmm. really nice that we went up that evening before. The next day, we did some running around. Our, both of our apartments smell like the Mirage now uh, <laughs> because we found the scent company that does all the, the oils that make the casino smell good and make you want to be in them. And then Friday night, George Strait. Oh, yeah. King of country music, as most would say. A genius. Just a, just an excellent show. And it's no it's whatever you hear about the King show. It's it's true. But you also have to experience it mm -hmm. because I said to Buddy as he was writing the review, I said, I have never seen a show where a stoic performer affects the crowd that way. You know, just yeah. to stand there with a the guitar and his presence be projected to the back. I don't know how he does it. You know, Garth works his butt off running around the stage and George can just stand there. It's crazy. He's performed this way for as long as I can remember. And that was our first time mm -hmm. seeing him. But there's four microphones on each uh, on the stage, one in each yeah. corner. And he would go from one side to the next uh, after every couple of songs. And it doesn't matter that he had been on the stage for an hour or however long he had been, every time he went to that next microphone, the crowd went nuts as if that was the first time they had seen him that night. And it was great. So the cool thing about T-Mobile, I want to talk about T-Mobile Arena because I'd never been in an arena quite like this. It's very tall, as you pointed out, but the reason is they couldn't dig underground for it. So the, the hockey, the rink level, the stage level, if you will, is ground level. So same as you're on the courtyard in front of the arena, you're level with where the stage is, okay? Yeah. Uh, so you're floor level when you come in. To get to what are normally section 100 in any other big arena is actually the double-digit section. So they number it 1 through 10 or 10 through 20, I think. You go up an escalator to get to that section. Normally, that's the section you come in at. You come in at that 100 level and you go down into the bowl if you have floor seats. The opposite. You go up into that middle section and continue up for two and 300. Right. A makes the arena a little taller because they can't dig into the ground. And B, um, I think, allows for really great acoustics. Uh, and the way he does the show is the stage is exactly center rink. So it's kind of a diamond shape. So instead of like if you're in section 110 let's say for Garth, and he's, and the stage is back the other side, you have the entire floor 
across you and you're all the way towards the back of the arena opposite the stage. Right. Even though he's technically performing in the round, he's performing an end round setup. George is directly center stage, mm -hmm. directly center rink. So you're equidistant from him on your side, same as the people on your similar section uh, are when he's on that side of the stage. So it's really great. It's a really great setup. I didn't think he would do an encore. I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. uh, o only because he had to walk about mm, a minute to get to the stage from the from the uh, mouth, from the from the team mouth, um, from the cave, so to speak. So I'm like, why would the entire band do that journey just to come back out? That's really stupid. And I do, and I do think it is stupid. I, I'm going to submit that in that setup. Doing it is really stupid. Just play through your show. But, well, encores are And that's expected. for any artist that plays in that way in an arena. If you have to walk that far off to get off stage, it's why leave the stage? <laughs> so we know you're going to come back out and do the songs. Um, and we always follow along on our setlist.fm. And when I saw them, they weren't listed as encores. So I thought he just played straight through because of how he's set up on that stage. But no... There's an encore, uh, and it was really great. It was a excellent country music show, and his voice mm -hmm. is still in such great shape. It's really awesome. Yeah, and his band was awesome too. Now, Ace and the Whole Band, famous yep. for backing him all those years. Uh, older gentlemen and and I think a woman or two in there, and it was eleven pieces. They yep. really tore it apart in a awesome way. His drummer just joined in twenty one. So the drummer might be a little younger. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, really awesome. So when they did a cover of Tom Petty's You Wreck Me, it was awesome because they did extended solos and they were playing it in a rock version. It wasn't country-fied like a lot of them are. So I was really well, impressed by I that. would argue that George does not have a rock voice. So it did, it did that a little bit. Put it this way. I like George's voice better than I like Tom Petty's on the song, but the arrangement was the same well uh, right but that's what i'm saying it was rock style instruments and solos more so than it was country even though they sure. had country instrumentation it just sounded more rocked than than his other stuff but i remember before we started is we before the show started we're looking through the set list I'm like okay every other night you get different songs for the most part because he's got 60 number ones he's not going to be able to do them all i told you i'm like i want heartland we better get heartland he opened with heartland he always opens with that. No, actually, he doesn't. If you look at some of the others, he he did do "Write This Down" on, which I've never cared for that song. Uh, he did do that on a different night before. So he kind of did uh, the December third and fourth when we were there, uh, he, uh, for Reva Brooks and Dunn. He did um, kind of did the December fourth show on February eleventh, uh, our show instead of the twelfth. So I was glad. He did that because Heartland's a great song, which reminds me, have you watched Pure Country yet? Because I know you've never seen it. No, I need to. That's on my list this week. Yeah. Great film. And because uh, you were asking me, why, why is, what's Dusty? What's that reference to him? Like, uh, well, his character in Pure Country. So first of all, it looked like a Q. It didn't look like a D. When you said it was Dusty, then it made sense. I'm like, what's Questy? I'm like, what? <laughs> So it's your turn. You could tell an embarrassing story about me. So I I took, you know, budgeted some money, like I think most people do, and took it, played it, played, you know, one, one and played it back. So 
I'm ahead on one of the 20s I play, but I'm still down. I'm waiting in line to cash out. Well, Mr. Nosy Ass over here walks up to uh, me and he's like, oh, you know what that means, right? I go, what are you talking about? He's pointing to a woman and a security guard. He goes, well, she's filling out paper. At the cashier's desk, I would like to point out, at the cashier's okay. desk. She's she's filling out paperwork. That means she won big. I go, oh, okay. So, you know, we're kind of hanging there. Now you're starting to kind of be embarrassing a little bit because you're just kind of getting anxious to speak. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he goes, uh, she turns around and he goes, Ma'am, congratulations. She's like, oh, thank you. Kind of like this weird. Well, tell him what I look. thought it meant. Tell him what I thought it meant. I'm getting there. Well, I did. I did. You said that it meant she won big. You thought it meant she yep. won big. So I'm still waiting in line. She walks away. He walks up, being nosy, walks up to the <laughs> to the security guard and said, sir, are you able to like share what, what she won? He goes. How much she won, yeah. He goes, oh, this is a lost and found ticket she got her stuff returned and i started rolling on the floor <laughs> he congratulated someone for retrieving their own personal belongings that were lost somewhere along the way <laughs> oh that's what i get for being nosy <laughs> i couldn't stop it was the greatest thing and then no sooner did we get upstairs literally walk in the door i'm gonna go back down i'm like son of a bitch so then i walked back down with him just to hang out because I, I wasn't ready for bed yet and the kid was sleeping at that point. So it was very no, interesting. No, this was the second time. This was, the cage thing happened the second time. Because yeah. you came right back with me after the table the first time. But anyway, no, you're right. And then to shut him up, I went, because I, I knew this would destroy him. I went, huma huma nuka nuka kwa Oh my God. Kwa-a. <laughs> and he just, he couldn't breathe at that point. And I see him just fall to his knees and then fall over on his side. <laughs> On the floor, you know, on, on the, the floor, floor in the hallway. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good. And to top it all off, in this crazy, crazy week that we've had, I get back here and you have to take your daughter all back down to L.A. So that's another two-hour drive for you. One way. One way, and then another two hours the other way. Yeah. For twice, which sounds like it's the craziest kind of concert event you've ever been to. And you were giving me a live play-by-play -play <laughs> while you were there. So tell me about twice. Yeah, so I took her to opening night of a two-night stand at the Forum. So it was right across the street from the new SoFi Stadium. So it was neat to see that for the first time, too. Never been yeah. to the Forum, so I wasn't sure what I was expecting. It's a good size arena. It holds less than 20,000, but the stage was up against one side. And uh, so, you know, they shaved off a good handful of seats there. We get there and, uh, you know, of course, we hit the merch line. That's that's. And I want to say this real quick because because we're about to enter clusterfuck territory. <laughs> and and I want to say something. The forum is just to give our listeners background. The forum is owned by Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. And it is the only arena sized venue solely dedicated to live production entertainment. They do not have sporting events in there anymore. Those seats in the front row are in there semi-permanently. The only thing I know that they'll change it for is, you know, staging configurations. And I think UFC has done some stuff in there. But even then, you argue they put the stage in there. There's no hockey rink or basketball court on the thing. It is just on the, in the bowl. It right. is just floor seating or interchangeable floor seating for concerts or boxing events. There's really no sporting 
major sporting events. There's no team based out of the forum or anything. That's why you have Staples Center. So as we enter clusterfuck territory, understand (laughs) that this venue is supposed to be dedicated to handling this number of people and... And it was still just nuts. So, sorry to interrupt, but continue. Well, so we get in there, and, and the merch line outside, it's a big trailer, and it it seemed like a mile or two long, but it went relatively quickly. Um, right. So we get there, and she's kind of, uh, I'm waiting in line. She goes up to see what she wants. I'm she like, being your daughter. My yes. daughter. I'm like, just get an idea of what you want. As we're waiting in line, there's a gentleman in front of me who mentions something to me, and I forgot what it was, and I said... Oh, are, are you a big fan? He goes, oh, yeah, that's why I'm here. He actually flew in from Canada Tuesday morning and was attending both L.A. shows. And I, I don't know if he was attending any other U.S. shows or not. But he had um, one of those sticks, one of those light sticks, they call it, that they have, and a bracelet. Yeah. And so I was talking to him about it. And, uh, you know, it connects to an app, and uh, it, it lights up multiple colors. And then I guess he said in Korea... The production can actually control it as part of the concert, which is kind of neat but scary at the same time. Taylor Swift did that with her bracelet, so I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to know why they didn't do it. Did they not do that in L.A.? They they didn't control they didn't control it to my knowledge. Um, you have to right. download an app, and then I guess you can do it. So he was talking to me, and he mentioned that they had opened the outside merch trailer for non-ticketed fans. For everybody, starting at noon. Like, okay, nothing, nothing, I didn't think of it at the time. Nothing dawned on me. So we get up there, and she's she's two for four of the items she wants. One being the, the light stick, one being a, a set of collector cards, and then they had, like, some, you know, banners and other things like that. The guy's like, well, we're out up here. Try inside. So uh, we go on the merch hunt. I get in line and I tell her, I'm like, I'm not waiting in this line. Go find out if they have it first. So uh, come to find out, they were out. They were out of the glow sticks, which were 60 bucks. So they were, they were kind of overpriced anyway, but isn't most merch, concert merch anyway. So well, I know, we'll get there. So anyway. I think the worst I've seen is uh, Alice Cooper's shirts for $55. So I, mm. as long as they're below well, that mark, I'm I'm okay. A, a pair of yeah. sweatpants there was sixty five. Ah, yeah. Yeesh. They were out, and what happened was, uh, because they they allocate so much per day, they were out of stuff because of the noon on sale for the merch that should have been for. I personally believe, and a lot of people I've talked to believe, that merch should be for the concert goers, the ones who purchased right. the tickets. Now, if they want to do what they did, fine. Allocate a certain number for that. Don't use your allocated amount for that night's concert for people to come up five to five and a half hours before the gates open to sell all that shit and then not Yeah, and there replenish. should be allocated for the truck and then allocated for the inside. Yeah. Inside the form, it looked like the hallway around the arena was very narrow. It looked like it was well incredibly cramped in there. Very interesting um, concept the way that's set up because you you have you have the floor and you have to go downstairs outside before you enter the arena. 
Then when you get inside, you have your section, and it tells you what section you, you can enter. You know, if your tickets are between right. here and here, go in here. Then if you want to go across the arena, you either go through the stands, like we did at first, or you go out the doors, still on the property, you go out the doors and you walk around and enter into another entrance because they check your tickets at the gates before you enter the property. There was even bars and merch outside that you could still go out. So you could go outside and come back in. There, there wasn't any of that, oh, no re-entry thing. You just, I guess, you, you couldn't leave the gates. So were the floor seats ground level, like t- ironically, like T-Mobile, like we were just talking about? Uh, no, they were under, they were uh, underground. Okay, yeah. So now we get to, <laughs> because you're giving me the play-by-play. Well, yeah, brother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit irritated, of course, because you know she was looking forward to getting that light stick and glowing it, and I she wanted to order it online earlier in the year and I said no just get it at the show I I had no idea these things were that popular or I would have said order it and I said there's nothing like going to a concert and walking away with merch from that show as opposed to pre-ordering it so Mm -hmm. I'm in line and I think we're in the food line and I'm 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 pissed at this point that none of this shit's there so I text you I'm like (laughs) hey you've been a Karen lately why don't you find out where to complain well, and, we talked about this, this at the Park MGM. Yes, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> then I call, and because I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, yeah, my friend and his daughter are there, and they wanted me to call and ask because they can't because it's so loud. I just pretended we were related. Mm-hmm. And and did you listen to it? Did oh, you yeah, listen I, to I, it? I sat there. You're like, pull up your AirPods and listen. Like, I don't have them. I was eating, and I was sitting there with the phone right up to my ear on speaker listening, and I didn't care who else heard it. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, my brother and I are here with my niece. My niece really wanted some items, but we're being told whenever we go to the stands, because this is how you made it sound. Mm -hmm. And it probably was the case that they were getting so low of stuff in that uh, public merchandise pop up that stuff that should be for the arena was going to that. And then there was nothing left for, for people inside. Yeah. And she went, oh, I'm sorry. Good to know. I take umbrage. Because I understand. She said, we provide the walls and the security and the venue and that's it. Mm -hmm. I said, I understand that. She said, merch is the tour. But because you provide the property and the grounds, um, you're the one who permits them to have a public pop-up shop of their merch at the tour stop. I said, and you advertised it on your Instagram. I said, you could have told them no our policy is merchandise is sold inside the venue. You know, I didn't say that to them, but I'm like, so you bear a little bit of responsibility for them being allowed to uh, let people who aren't coming to the show abscond with copious amounts of merchandise yeah, uh, before fans could even get access. But this gets to a bigger problem that I have, and maybe we should dedicate an entire another episode to this, but Twice isn't even a real group. What do I mean by that? They were put together by this JYP Enterprises or JYP Entertainment mm-hmm. over in Korea solely for the purpose of being a very popular K-pop group. They didn't do any of the legwork regular bands or regular artists do. And you think, well, Matt, every brand, every artist is a brand and everything's set out to make money. Yes, I understand that. 
But when a John Party or a Dustin Lynch or an Eric Church or a Justin Bieber, I'll even give it to Justin Bieber in his YouTube craze, okay? Yeah. They, they were discovered in some way, and then somebody who knows how to turn them into a brand to get in front of millions of people to share their talents comes along, makes them a brand, and, and there you go. This was created solely for the purpose of making money. And like you said, it's like they performed a backing tracks, clearly, especially oh, yeah. if you said when they were talking, their English wasn't that good. So I even wonder, conspiratorial me, if because of that disconnect, if there isn't a Milli Vanilli situation where this JYP entertainment didn't take some of their more fluent yet probably still Korean uh, English speaking artists and have them record the voices for these nine pretty girls that, by the way, are of age, but still look underage. And you have all yeah. of these, um, we'll just call them interestingly devoted fans <laughs> who come dressed up, men who come dressed up, cross-dressing, that's fine, no judgment. But but there is more beyond the surface to this that I just, I do not like. I don't like at all. Well, I sat there, and when the show started, to me, and, and I knew, okay, I will say, it's definitely not my right. style of music. It's not my concert. I went for her. I didn't even stand. I sat there the whole time while everybody else stood. I, I can't fake getting into something I'm not into. So, and I, I wanted her to have fun. It was exactly what you would expect it to be. And I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Because the fans know, even my daughter knew, what the show was going to be like. So going into it, the fans know exactly what they're getting out of right. it. And they got that. So I commend them for giving them what the fans wanted. Now, the show was three hours long. Started at 7.30, wrapped about 10.30. We sat 40 minutes in the parking lot trying to get out of the damn thing. That's another story we'll skip. But the fans got exactly what they wanted. The only thing is... The, the thing that bothered me outside of the uh, the merch issue is when they spoke, they all spoke in line. So they had these interludes that they called intermissions. And when they weren't changing, they would speak. And when they were changing, they'd play a video. I have to wonder if that's a convention over in Korea, if that's just what they call intermissions. I also have to say, from be. what you showed me, uh, don't orbs like fly in the crowd or something at one point? Didn't you show me that, or was I maybe seeing the lights? I think you were seeing the lights. I was trying to show you the lights. Okay. When they spoke, they all spoke. That would have shaved off probably 30, 40 minutes of the show. So if they had structured it to where, you know, a couple of them greet everybody, and then um, the next inter interlude that they speak, a couple others speak, and so forth, that would have trimmed the show. But at the very end, before the encore, this is your type of encore, so listen to this. They speak for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And they have an offstage female translator, and uh, it, it worked. But they spoke for like 20 minutes, and then they said, they didn't even leave the stage. They said, all right, we're going to do the encore, and it's a, it's a Russian roulette wheel type thing. So they bring this wheel out, and Jesse told me that they were going to do this, and they <laughs> spin it. And whatever song they get, that's what they perform. And honestly, I think it happened a couple of times where the same song came up twice. Go figure. Um, so they would 
they would respin it for another one. And the crowd went nuts. The crowd went nuts when they moved. The crowd went nuts when they did this, when they did that. It was absolutely The dedication insane. of K-pop fans is something to behold. And I'll tell you what. Oh, I'll yeah. go to a BTS show with Jesse. I'll come out there and I'll do it. And you can tell I said this. It's recorded. I'll <laughs> go to a BTS show with her. Because I think they actually, it, maybe they were put together, but they've come. They've done the American media circuit. People got to know mm-hmm. their story. That twice just kind of popped out of nowhere. Well, here, here's here's the interesting thing that you say about that and, and with Twice. Jesse counted, they have like 10 albums. Really? E- exactly. Exactly. So they have like 10 albums, extremely popular, uh, as you can imagine. Both shows sold out here, and they've got other tour dates here in the, the States. It was really interesting because I wanted to get a video couple videos of just how the crowd was reacting. I don't know what song it was. I just started filming and it's one I sent to you and I tweeted it. Yeah. Well, I used the right tweets. The hashtags, the right hashtags. Include, I used the right hashtags but didn't write any other text and my God, my phone was blowing up. Yeah, it got like 29 Even through this morning. I'm like, but right before then you were <laughs> complaining about the merch. I'm like, fans should be annoyed about this. <laughs> right. So Not they fawning over a 480p so video of the concert. They didn't so much really react to the merch one. I had a few, um, and it was the same hashtags. But like I told you, they're not going to because it's like a negative connotation towards it, which was just more of a complaint because you know it's it's a legitimate concern, and um, because now some of that merch is not even available online. Either. Some of that, that woman I talked to was very understanding because. Who who's right. gonna get the complaints if they're now your daughter's very cool, very chill. She can change what she wants on a dime. I'm sure she was disappointed because it was like, you know, I told you dad I was right, should have ordered it, you should listen to me. Yeah. But I told her. I'm like, I didn't I didn't right. know. But she walked away with a seventy five dollar hoodie, a forty five dollar T shirt of the same picture that she picked out, uh twenty five dollar poster and like a Twenty-five or thirty-five dollar tote. Hey, twenty-five. So two hundred dollars worth. Twenty-five of isn't that bad for a poster because Eric was selling his custom right. posters. I guess each tour date had different artwork. They were selling for like mm-hmm. fifty. So if I wanted both nights when oh, I yeah, went to I Eric, that would have been a hundred. So anyway, I even texted Jesse. I was like, "See, you're learning. Sixty dollars for a light thing you're going to use once and it'll sit on a shelf. Okay." Uh, 75 for a hoodie. That's what our Reva Brooks and Dunn hoodies were about 75, 70, yeah. $75. Yeah. So that, you know, not terrible. As I was saying, she's not one to throw a hissy fit because the tchotchke she wants isn't there. But there are kids probably younger than her who go to these shows looking forward to getting something and they don't have what you want. Who's going to hear about it? The tour? No, the management of the venue. So it's in their best interest to know when there is a logistical problem going on, whether it's their fault or not, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. And to to coincide with that, we had, uh, well, because I said we had bought the two pieces of merch, the shirt and the poster before the show. Yeah. Then we're sitting there and, you know, we get food and all that. And I'm like, you need, you got to carry this poster, but be careful. You're going to, you know, crack it or whatever, because it was rolled. Yeah. And she's like, I should have just got a bag. Can we just go get a bag? I'm like, all right, let's go down. So go up to an inside merch counter. I'm in line. She goes up to check. They don't have them. They're out. I'm like, Ugh. well, is there something else you want? Because we're already in this line. She goes, well, can I get a hoodie? I said, all right. Then instead of the light stick later on when they're back in stock, 
can figure that out another time. Just get the hoodie. Well, as we're in line, uh, somebody comes up with a box of merch. I don't know what was in it because it was sealed. But comes up, somebody else comes in with a ton of the, the bags. I'm like, oh, they're back in stock. So I walk up there and uh, I ask a guy that's helping us. Uh, I say, you guys have the light sticks at all? He goes, no, we're sold out. I go, okay, but you guys are here tomorrow, right? He goes, yeah, we have so much allocated for each night. I go, well, yeah, that's because, you know, you guys are sold out tonight because you guys allowed people to come in at noon to buy stuff that didn't have tickets. He goes, yeah, just kind of ended there. So she ended up getting a bag, and that's when she got the hoodie, and then we went So back. you Karen too. <laughs> well, I mean. Woo! He's learning the art of standing up against stupidity. Woohoo! Look, I I usually do, but it just I I usually don't always do it. Well, I got someone in the management office, so it was fine. That is the twice saga. Yep, that is it. That uh, but you know, it, it was a fun show for for them, so that that's all that matters. So then, for anyone who hasn't gotten completely disgusted and is still with us, <laughs> we thought that was going to be it. Like I was fully back in D.C., as you heard with the Twice story, helping you from here. Yeah. And then I wake up. I don't know if I was working or if I was supposed to work or if I was off or if it was a slow morning with work. But I remember waking up and not five minutes after I wake up, there's an email come through. And it's and then I get a text message from you. I'll never forget it. It says, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> What's that problem? Well, months ago, months and months and months and months and months and October months and months ago. October to be exact. October to be exact. We had put in for press access to the Allegiant Stadium doubleheader in Las Vegas featuring Metallica on the first night, the Friday night, and then Billy Joel the next night, mm -hmm. the Saturday night. Yeah. And we didn't hear anything from Billy's people. And when we got all the Garth stuff and all the other things that happened in, in, in Georgia and all that and decided to go out to Vegas the first two weeks of February as opposed to the last week, we told Metallica's people, because they had gotten back with us, that we would be, you know, considered. We told Metallica's people, hey, take us out of consideration. We're, we're, we're changing our travel plans a little bit because it looks like it's not going to come together. Yeah. So randomly what do we get we get an email from billy joel's publicist <laughs> i have two tickets from you for you so houston we have a problem and my immediate and what was your immediate reaction well i'm not going that's, i'm not gonna go that's always my reaction i'm not, I'm not gonna go not that i didn't want to it's just so all the traveling right i had a plane ticket already booked and I think I had a voucher or it wouldn't have been too much to switch it over because I was coming out for San Diego and I had a full two weeks that we were not going to be I was not going to be on a plane nothing two and a half weeks March 2nd I was just going to come out to you we were going to do a separate episode about Garth yeah now we're going to talk about it here because it's just been a crazy <laughs> five weeks like you said at the beginning uh, but I wasn't going to do any of it and in good faith of how much you've been doing, I wanted to see if my mother, who's interested in looking at property for her and dad for retirement, uh, wanted to come out with me and see Billy Joel 
at Allegiant. She loves him. I hasn't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. She declined. Didn't want to spend that money on a last minute ticket. So I got on the horn with you, and what did I tell you? I can't even remember. I'm so exhausted. About the tickets. About the oh, tickets. Of course, they're that they're they're tickets you can't buy. Not only are they tickets you can't buy, they're tickets they do not sell. I want to be clear about that. He, Billy Joel does what some artists do when they hold the first couple of rows back for fans that are up in the upper section. Yeah. So that's always where the press comps are. Um, th- and I've known that because I've seen him at the Garden a couple of times. So I go, okay, I'll go. So what do I do? I move my plane ticket from the second to come out for Garth to the 24th and turns out because I had to go to a conference I ended up leaving from Orlando so I went from DC to Orlando Orlando for two days out to out to Phoenix and and friends I know this is long but this is kind of like a journal for us so there's a lot of extra information so I just like to give you the full picture from Orlando did a day at Disney World did two parks at Disney the next day, did a day at the conference. That night, took a red eye to Phoenix, and then from Phoenix to Bakersfield. And I always love the flight in from Phoenix to Bakersfield, and I'll tell you why. It's a private jet. Pretty it's, much. It's, at a, it's a commercial configuration, but it's a CRJ, American Eagle, which is the regional carrier for American Airlines, hour and a half. If you look up the model plane, it's a CRJ something or other. It's often configured for a private jet, and it's really easy for me to get a front seat or a seat with extra leg room, or these these trips are not typically full. I'll have a full row of two seats to myself. Haven't paid for first class yet, which is just one seat in one row. I think that's kind of pointless. Um, right. Where I sit, the fourth row with the extra leg room between first and economy class is perfect. Got a window to look out of. It's just Excellent. So I sleep on the way to Phoenix, and then Phoenix, on the way to Bakersfield, I feel like I'm living the high life because I'm on a small plane. (laughs) And I want to tell this story. I want to tell this story about my time on the plane because I think it's funny. (laughs) You're not. Yes, I'm about to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the TMI, folks. This is the TMI. Because for anyone who travels might understand my plight, I am not one who has to go to the bathroom every two hours. I'm usually, and if I'm traveling, my body is usually pretty good of, okay, we're going to be landing, we're going to get to our destination, you can, you know, and it will tell me I have to go afterwards. Well, I was so hungry in Phoenix, and everything closed. I landed at 8.30, but everything was closing. McDonald's closed at 8.30. McDonald's in an airport closing at 8.30 is an injustice. Right. But, so what do I do? I get a Dr. Pepper... And I get a pack of cookies and I scarf them down. 20 minutes later, I'm on the plane and they're doing drink service and I have a ginger ale. Well, that ginger ale settles and then all of a sudden my stomach goes, now! <laughs> and, and I tell this story because it happened as we started our initial descent. And I hate going to the bathroom on an airplane. The, the flight attendant, there was one flight attendant for the entire because again, like maybe 20 rows, not even, yeah. and then five rows of first class. First class had a flight attendant. Everyone else had a flight attendant, one flight attendant. Whoever designed the layout for this commercial jet CRJ, not very smart because <laughs> as 
I'm getting up to walk towards the back of the plane for the bathroom. She's getting her jumper seat out. The jumper seat locks in place in front of the bathroom door. <laughs> so she goes, really? I go, it's an emergency. She goes, okay. So I go in, I do my business, and I'm very quick, quicker than I've ever been on an airplane. Because you know me, I am naturally injured, as you have, <laughs> as you have. I was waiting for that. Christened me. As you have christened me. So I'm typically slow on things that take a little extra coordination, like trying to 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 do a deuce on an airplane. But throwing trash away. Yes. Putting dishes exactly. away. You can shut them. up now. <laughs> you can stop. So <laughs> so I get out of there Closing and I doors. tell this story because Right. I get out of there just in the nick of time because she looks at me completely dead serious as I'm walking to my seat. She goes, it's okay. Another minute I'd have had to lock you in there. <laughs> so I land in Bakersfield. <clears throat> Bla uh, bladder and stomach and bowels empty. <laughs> that everybody and you're like, I'm not you. coming in. I'm like, I'm like, you're coming in. I'm not coming in. You could, I'm like, I don't know where you parked. It's a big lot. You're coming in. So you came in, you met me, we went, and what did we do? The next day, we drove to Las Vegas, but we drove to Las Vegas on the day of the Metallica concert. That we were not planning to attend at this point, because we, you know, backed out due to Press our travel. The right. list had closed, yep. Yeah. So we, we get to Vegas, and I'm like, I'm not going to go see Metallica, because what, what have I always said? Last time I saw a really heavy, hard rock concert, Guns N' Roses, mm -hmm. it just was not mixed right. It was annoyingly loud. It was terrible. Right. It was sound quality-wise. I mean, Axl Rose's voice was fantastic, and I'm sure the band was great, but in terms of- It just sounded of, like a jumbled mess. But yeah, in terms of what was being projected out to the crowd, it was a jumbled mess. Um, so I'm like, okay, hard rock shows must be terrible. <laughs> so I was not interested in seeing Metallica. Then then the little thing takes over in my brain because we pull up to our hotel and there's people starting to walk to the stadium. And, you know, they're doing the, you know, they're pumped up and all that stuff. So I do the rock and roll finger sign <laughs> outside the thing. And you think that was the impetus. Oh. Maybe it was. Maybe, it was. Maybe it was. It was. Because what do I do, buddy? We're going to Metallica. Yep, you get we get out of the car. I say, let's just go see what we can see. It's another one of those moments, just like upgrading us with Garth, where I was like, okay, buddy, take my credit card. <laughs> like, uh, just out of body, take care of this while taking care of that. Where were you able to find tickets, buddy? In the uh, 100 section. Now, pretty far back, complete opposite side of the stage, but it was cool to have that picture because it was a general admission mosh pit. Yeah. Which I don't do because right. naturally injured cripple. So, I just don't do it because I like space. Old. That too. So we get there. We get our merch. Get seated. And it was a great show. First time either one of us had seen them. And uh, they're a mm -hmm. band that you have to see at least once. But 16 songs and uh, two hours. In lieu of my merch, I ended up getting a two CD set of that night pre-ordered. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I know you downloaded the digital uh, copy of it, but uh, I'm going to hold off 
and relive it when the CDs arrive, probably here in the next month. I wanted to ask you, I just downloaded the $10 MP3, but there were other audio versions, one costing as much as like $19 mm-hmm. just for a download. What's the difference? Uh, quality. I mean, the MP3 is going to be the lowest quality, but then you get the high def versions that are going to run as much as a CD because that's exactly what I paid for the CD. And which quality audio do you think will be on the CD? Uh, Well, I mean, it's going to be compressed, but it's still going to be digital. It's still going to be better than the MP3. So, you know, you're probably looking at a... I don't really know exactly how they're going to compress it, but... uh, It'll be somewhere in the middle between the high def and the MP3, but it'll it'll be better than the MP3. Damn it! I should have gotten the high def. <laughs> well, you could still get it. It's still no. Out the there. MP3 sounds great. Yeah, there's stuff going back years on uh, LiveMetallica.com. Yeah, you can go and order there. One time, Elton John did that, and I have that record. And actually, that's the only live album of his that I listened to. Uh, saw him in Reading, Pennsylvania, in 2010. I actually like that show better than the farewell tour. Let me tell you, uh, it was because it was just there was nothing. He when he toured, it wasn't like a fully produced tour like people do now. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like what Garth does, you know, show up, set up all the stuff for the band, don't have too much production, right, and decide what you're gonna do on the fly. Kind of like what Eric does, you know. Yeah. So, um, farewell Yellow Brick Road is a very produced light show, video show, multimedia experience that is phenomenal, and I hope to get to see it when it comes over here to Nationals Park uh, in September, but uh, it's certainly different. Anyway, tangent. So for that show, 2010, have an album, live album, and that was my first experience, and I personally think everybody should do it because the quality is as good as anything produced. So Because you're mixing in real time. Yeah, so. and it just lets you commemorate that night that you got to witness forever because it's really neat mm-hmm. that they started doing that. They record every show. They usually stretch it two or three CDs. Um, and there's also video floating around there, professional video. So they film them yep. too, but they don't put all the videos out there typically. But, um, you know, it, it was a great show. Um, you know, we saw Pyro. Yep, Pyro. You could feel it. It was behind the stage. All the way in the back of the arena. We could feel it. It was awesome. And um, I don't want to spoil anything for those that may want to see them. And they do the same show throughout the uh, summer when they have a couple shows they've announced. Plus some uh, European shows are going to hit later this year as well. But uh, we also saw Greta Van Fleet, who I had kind of had mixed emotions about to begin with, just because they sound a lot like Zeppelin, especially the singer. But I'll mm-hmm. tell you, they can put on a live show. Um, couldn't really hear the vocals too much. Uh, that's just kind of typical, yeah. you know, sometimes. That was odd. It was echoing in tinny. Uh, and if you listen to anything they do, it's not that. So I'm like, oh, shit, it's going to be terrible for Metallica. We're all the way back here. It's what everybody complains about in the rafters when you're in a stadium like that it's not going to be good right metallica came out it was fine so greta van fleet whoever's handling sound for them needs to tinker with it for the next stadium dates because uh greta van fleet and ice nine kills which is like a screamo band we didn't really we got to the stadium in the middle of their set and and didn't really watch them uh but uh you know, whoever's working on their sound needs to tweak it a little bit because they're with them the next two stadium dates and uh, 
Greta Van Fleet deserves a little bit better sound. We were going into the seats when uh, Greta Van Fleet's drummer was doing his thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, at least I'll see part of it, but I could hear it. It was a great show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, would love to see Metallica again at some point, but uh, to see him at that, at that level, and at Legion, it was their first show since the December 40th anniversary sh shows in San Francisco, where they did a Friday night and a Sunday night, and they did, you know, different songs each night. Uh, those were live streamed on Amazon as well. And uh, this was just, uh, this was great to add them to my arsenal of concerts uh, and make it this year where there's a lot of firsts. Uh, that, that was awesome. I love it. I love it. Then the next night, and I was really excited for this because I haven't seen him since 2019. And I guess... I was really excited because it was just another sign that we're, we're back. Mm -hmm. You know, if this man can take the stage, we're back. Uh, and that's Billy Joel, Allegiant Stadium, 26-song set. Yeah. Uh, was a phenomenal night, a great variety of uh, songs. He is the only man I've ever seen that when he says a year an album came out before the title, the <laughs> audience goes nuts. Yeah, they, they did. They did. We were front row for that. And it was my first time in 20 years, more than 20 years, mm -hmm. actually seeing him. I had seen him once before that in 1999. It was December. It was in St. Louis. And I was way up in the rafters. This time it felt great to be down front and just really rock out to his catalog of hits so much that uh, I came home and ordered most of his catalog that I already didn't have. I had the greatest hits. I had some, you know, videos. I had yeah. to order the rest of the catalog. I'm like, I, I've got to get this man's catalog because I was holding out for the complete album box set, but it's out of print and uh, aftermarket sales are just astronomical for what they're wanting yeah. for it. So I, I'm like, ah, let's just go ahead and uh, get get them all so i i started our trip to barnes and noble with getting two <laughs> and it's accumulated from there yes because one of the things i said to you when i changed flights i said well i'm coming and then i'm staying because i was supposed to fly out the second but i'm like okay if i do this you know i'm gonna be there the whole week with you right because we drove back the concert ended it was phenomenal it was one of those you know when people say oh i needed that which you know we'll get to with garth mm -hmm. needing to San Diego, um, I just let loose. It was just so much fun. And I'd turn around and I'd see the whole stadium in front of us, almost at the artist's vantage point. Yeah. You know, being up front was just awesome. So I needed that. That was an awesome, awesome show. And we were so jazzed from it. We were supposed to get up a few hours later and start driving home. What did we do? I was like, you know what? I'm going to, excuse my French, but we're walking back. We're in the Luxor. I'm like, you want to just fuck off? <laughs> and uh, we leave. Yeah. We, we're just like, okay, show's over. Bye. So, um, honestly, I was dead tired. I, don't, I would not have done as much as we did during that day had I known we were going to. I would have encouraged us to stay in the hotel and yeah. on property. But because um, I fell asleep. And I don't like doing that when it's just us in the car. Right. But there was a point where I put on a song for you because it was something I wanted you to hear. We'll do that in the car on long drives. And I just was gone. Like, my body was like, I need to stop. Like, it was scary. <laughs> it was like, if I drive, I could imagine, you know, it's what people feel when they pass out behind a wheel. Because one second, I'm totally cogent going, yeah, man, you got to listen to this song. Next, I'm out. <laughs> you know, yeah. not of my choice. We 
So we got in at uh, 5 a.m. Because we didn't leave till like 1. It, it was late by the time we finally got going. But uh, I was good. You know, I took my contacts out. I'm like, I'm just going to put my glasses on and uh, not, you know, let them make me tired. And uh, got in, uh, wrote the review at 5 a.m. I had started it waiting on you to get ready. And uh, so I just published it and off to bed I went. And so I stuck around for a week, hung out with your animals, uh -huh. oh, yeah. uh, slept a lot. Because my body, keep in mind, I, for work, I have to keep an East Coast time Yeah. for one of my, you know, for all the stuff that I do. So my body was like, okay, we're on East Coast time, but also we do things at West Coast evening, so <laughs> we're going to nap at random times. Yeah. But I'm much better now. My my body clock has readjusted and all that stuff. And uh, But it was really time for the big thing, the drive to San Diego. We get to San Diego the night before, and uh, the next day we go to... It seems we are always at the first stadium shows yeah. for Garth. Yeah, we, uh, we got there uh, relatively early. We knew that they were opening the parking lot. Uh, that at least we, I already prepaid uh, at noon. So we got there, you know, we stopped at a couple malls on the way and got there around uh, uh, before two, I guess, parked and uh, got a great spot and uh, went and picked up the tickets that I had, took my daughter to her first Garth show, and we just kind of hung out at the Omni where everyone was staying and met some Garth fans. Uh, you've met some of them before. I hadn't met them and uh, it was fun catching up or meeting them, I should say, and uh, talking yeah. to people. And we got interviewed on the Garth channel. Yeah. It was fun. It was a two minute thing. Maybe you, maybe you heard it. It was just an awesome, awesome night. Uh, it was raining, but, and Garth talked about this the next day. You couldn't really feel the rain. It was the first time you'd mm -hmm. ever been in a rain where you couldn't really feel it. You could see it, but it was so minuscule. I think it was snow because the drops looked really round and not mm -hmm. like rain. I think it was, I think it was I, snow flurry. I think it was our position because again we were on the floor. We were relatively close to the stage, and there, it, it was definitely rain. It, it was too warm, and not to say that snow is impossible in Southern California. I mean, it, it's happened before. LA's had it, but um. It, it was rain. It was just a light, lighter rain. And at first I could, you could feel it. It, it kind of came in little pockets. It dropped down and then take off, drop down, take off. But then um, during the show, you, you see it a couple times. It's just rain and it just went away. Sure. I, we bought a, a really nice gray hat and it arrived for the George Strait one. It looks great on me. And I wore it in the rain, and I didn't feel any rain at all because my brim caught all of it. <laughs> and in fact, when the confetti shot out at certain points, I just looked at the hat like, oh, did I get confetti stuck? And, and nothing landed on my hat, unfortunately. But it was so cool. During the river, everything was lit up. All the phones were lit up. There were people on balconies across the street that could peek in the center field, and they watched the show. It that was, was awesome. just so cool. Yeah, that was See, awesome. Seeing that Garth was awesome. even acknowledged them. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to see that show because he's a Padre. Garth is technically, he signed a spring training contract. Garth is technically a retired San Diego Padre. Yeah. They're very active with Teammates for Kids, which is Garth's foundation, and he's never played their stadium. 
So it was a really, really cool, really cool uh, show. The encore was the best encore I've ever seen from him. Uh, just awesome, awesome, awesome show. We got sitting on the dock of the bay with the full band. Yeah. And that's not even his song. You know? And he also mentioned uh, This Ain't Tennessee. It was the first time they'd ever done that. And it was just him. Yep. Uh, you know, we didn't get Trisha, though. I, my daughter was kind of, we all were surprised, or at least I was. And she, she was like, oh, I thought Trisha was going to come. But um, she was there. She just didn't make an appearance at the show. I was uh, confused about a few things. Number one, the length of the show. Because you kept saying it would be two and a half hours. Garth doesn't do two and a half hours. The most my friend has ever seen, and he's been to a lot, is about two hours, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't do, you know, three-hour marathons anymore. I was also confused because (laughs) after standing outside the fire, he's like... You did great. And he's like huffing and puffing, looking around, and he just, the stage lights stayed on, and he just walked off the stage, and the band, he walks off the stage down the front, down the stage, and it's the first time we've ever been able to figure out how they get them to the stage, which is a tunnel, which is a black cloth tunnel that they wheel out uh, for everybody come in and then they put it away and and you know it's on wheels and it's very easy to bring it out so he stumbles down the stairs and the band looks at each other so confused because <laughs> they're supposed to bow at the end of the final song uh right. and they just walked off and so i tweeted at him i said hey you okay <laughs> you've got to bow so we all thought you were coming back and Mattingly had a confused look on it, like, "Do we leave? Do we what? What do we do?" <laughs> so he just he just left, <laughs> like goodbye. And, and so I was talking to my friend about, and he did that on Inside Studio G, and I was talking to my friend about that, and, and he was like, "You know that happens." So he was, and actually somebody else said, "Yeah, that happens from time to time. They'll get rid of it," um, and also. Uh, my friend said, she, he said, yeah, no, most shows she doesn't come out. Hmm. So she's always there, just like he's always there when she's on tour. Right. But most shows she doesn't come out. Although my friend was there for sound check, they sound checked together, I guess, just in case she does want to do it. But yeah. I guess at some point during the encore, they have a way of cueing him. And I saw this with Eric. He would cue. I saw him give a three to his guys, like three more songs. So they have a way to cue each other off stage, and I think they cue. They can cue him whether or not she's under, or whether or not you know she she didn't come over. So because yeah. that tunnel stays there for the entire entire encore. Yeah, and that that makes sense. So she can just sneak up. So and then they put her on the riser, and she'll she'll come up. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a fun fun night. Really cool to see that stadium. Really cool to be with people I haven't seen since my New York days. Uh, was just awesome. Awesome. Four out of the last five weeks, uh, or four out of five weeks seeing shows. I want to say I'm done, <sighs> but I got shows already planned, but I can come home and be in my own bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, after those. Out of those five weeks of shows, three of them we're in the shortest month of the year. Right. And 
I'm exhausted. I need a break. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we got to the parking lot early enough in San Diego that I was able to talk to the attendant and just, he's like, there's plenty of options. Just back up right here. There, there's the exit. It took us less than five minutes when we got in the car. You were hooting and hollering about your damn Apple watch wanting to be charged. I'm <laughs> bitching back at you. Like, I want to get us out of here. And I did. I got us right to the highway and on <laughs> the road we went. And I'll tell you what, you you uh, you know who you want to live with and know who you don't want to live with when you get driven <laughs> nuts all the time. <laughs> I will tell you. Well, because then you're Mr. I gotta pee. I'm hungry. And then your daughter, I gotta pee. And every gas station we saw, you just zoop, 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 pass. Well, and like, I explained that. Like, well, there was a Chevron. There was a 7-Eleven. Well, that shell we missed. Well, we stopped at a 7-Eleven, <laughs> and I told my daughter, it was get to the car, because... It was sketchy. Uh, well, she went to use the restroom. The toilet water was black. The sink didn't work. There was there was a guy in a, with a backpack with uh, a do-rag over the bottom part of his face that wasn't... I didn't think looked like an actual face mask. It looked like he was... It was from the Wild West about to rob the joint. So I'm like, get to the car. You weren't going to listen. So I left your ass there. I'm like, we're going to the car. I didn't even see him. Exactly. I didn't even and see him. And you'd have been like, ah, oh, ah, you're going to have fun in New York. You're going to have so much fun in September in New oh, York. I'm with sure me. I will. <laughs> but no more trips between now and May for Eric Church for me. That's in Vegas. And then hopefully no more between then. And September, when we meet in New York to do the Ireland and European trip. And then, I mean, you've got shit booked all the time. I, I'm not saying I won't do concerts. I'm just not doing the out-of-town right. stuff. Only one artist I'll do that for. And everybody knows who that is. So if she announces something else, I, 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 I will take off. Uh, only reason I didn't this last time is because, um, I mean, you know... The, Shows were delayed. We had everything planned. 2020. So yeah. we had already had plans throughout that time she was touring this this past uh, winter. So uh, new announcements are supposed to be coming from her very soon, if not by the time this airs. So I'll I'll be on guard of that. But um, before we wrap, we had actually chatted with some of the fans uh, sitting there at, uh, at Garth and... Uh, I think uh, that would be cool to uh, just play some of that uh, some of that chatter. All right. Well, we will leave you with that. For the Music Universe Podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. And be sure to check us out on socials and online at themusicuniverse.com. And subscribe at tmupod.com. Take care. And as part of our big wrap-up of this crazy month of concerts, we're sitting here with a bunch of Garth fans. Jim DeMarco is telling the story. I was there that night uh, at the Garth Acoustic Show, the iHeart Show. Uh, where you asked to meet him and you got a little bit more than you bargained for. And we were just talking about whether or not you believed getting to meet him would happen. Yeah, I didn't believe it would happen. Um, he, he saw my sign at the acoustic show. Um, you know, he, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, can I ask you a question in return? So he asked me what my favorite, it was my 155th show at the time. He asked me if it, what was my favorite show. So I told him, and then he said, what's your question? So I said, um, can I get a picture with you? And he said, that only happens at show 156. And on the bottom of my sign, I had show 156 St. Louis. So he turned over to the side. He said to Mandy, make this happen. 
Five months passed by. I got in contact with them. I did not believe it would happen up until an hour of the show. And then, um, long story short, I got to spend 10 minutes with him, just my wife, myself, Glenn from, um, from uh, Pearl Records, and Garth. And it was 10 minutes with him, and uh, I still can't believe that it happened. So I'm still in denial. Amy, when last we were actually in person, that I was near you, Times Square, all that stuff, you had not met him, and you had not had luck actually getting to shake his hand yet. Right. So, so how's that happened for you yet? I did see him in a parking lot, and I got a picture with him real quick, and then I froze, and he started asking me a question, and I walked away. Oh. So I blew it big time. Well, now <laughs> High five for me. <laughs> yeah, I was so nervous. Okay, so why was that show you said was your favorite? Why was that your favorite? Well, I told him Central Park at the time, right, yeah. because... Um, it was just, it was a day that I spent, I got to meet a lot of people there. Um, I was there with my wife, uh, my sister-in-law, and a best friend. We were right up close against the stage, and I thought it was just great all from the beginning to when Billy Joel came out at the end. Um, it just, uh, it was just a perfect show. How long did it take you to get out of there? Out of Central Park? Yeah. I literally cannot answer that question. I have no memory of getting out of there. I don't either. Yeah. I, I remember getting there, because we got there like 2 in the morning. And mm. sat out. Because and pardon my French, it had to be a clusterfuck. Yeah, I don't remember getting out at all. Yeah, and my I I'm not I, at the time I'm not good with New York. I'm still not great with the subway system. My wife worked in New York, so she knows the subway system. So somehow we got out of there, and somehow, how many years later, we're still good. Wow. So <laughs> I made it home. That was probably my favorite. Now you said at the time. What's your favorite show now? So it's between that and Denver a couple of years ago. Why Denver? I don't know. Amy says the same it thing. Was, there's something about it. It was, it was Gay Pride Week, first yep, of all. Yep. They did uh, We Shall Be Free, and the whole upper level was like everybody the rainbow had the light, colors. the wristbands. So everybody had the wristbands. And it, it looks, all lit up. It just, it was, I don't and, know. And just about Denver as a city. That was my first time in Denver, and it was just phenomenal. So it was just the whole experience, not just the show, right? The show was phenomenal, but it was just a great experience. So, Jesse, your first show tonight... What song are you hoping to hear? Shameless. Oh, no. You know, that used to irritate me on the um, arena tour, that he would swap Shameless yep. with either um, More Than a Memory or Ask Me How I Know. Yep. I think the two can be, because one's more power ballad and one's just more so, so guitar-driven. It's, it's funny. So here's a confession. So like I've said that More Than a Memory is my sign song. Um, and I did get to hear it during soundcheck last night. My least favorite Garth song is Shameless. Really? Out of I think any that's... show. Out of any, I know. You're, everybody does that. You're not the first one that's done that. I think there's so much I think there's so much yeah. more emotion in that song than any of his others. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm just so... And I think part of it is just that, like, from the very time that he hates the stage, everybody's just screaming, Shameless, Shameless, Shameless. And I'm so sick of hearing people scream, Shameless, Shameless. So when he finally plays, I think it's not the song. I think it's just the whole experience of Shameless. Right. How did you feel when he said he was going to stop touring at the end of 21 when Omicron... How, how did you, as a fan who travels to go see him, feel about that? Last year? Yeah. I was disappointed because I had tickets for Charlotte, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Boston, and Nashville. And um, I was disappointed. I would have rather him keep, like, just keep rescheduling. Like, I know people wanted their money back. 
but I was disappointed because I think what was what was confusing to me is I knew it was stopping when we were in Kansas City. And like I'm like, okay, so you could have the show tonight, but you can't have the one in two weeks. Like right. I couldn't wrap my head around that, and I guess I maybe I think he didn't want to play politics with masks. And stuff. I think that's what it was too, but and, I think that was part of it. But and also, I think the rescheduling situation was probably more on the venue. Yeah, I know, I know, but I was disappointed. Oh I knew, yeah, you know, and I really thought it was good. I wasn't overly disappointed because I just thought it was going to keep getting rescheduled. I was going to go to Baltimore. Yep. I am going to go to Baltimore. Yep. If it happens. Yep. But people I've talked to think that's the one that's going to get tossed out and not happen. Well, that's four out of the five. He said, I think a few weeks ago, he said he had three out of five were scheduled. Yep. Nashville's been announced. Yeah, Foxborough. Cincinnati. So, so just Charlotte and Baltimore, then. So three have been, yeah. So you think he'll we'll do it, then? Charlotte. I think he'll get it. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's going to be a scheduling, but I told him, if he stuck to the whole 17 left before Ireland, right. that would have made a week, every week, a show being announced mm -hmm. for few months, yep. which would put us at the tail end of August, give them two weeks to get overseas, plan. He hadn't done that. It's been jumping around, yeah. but he, he's been breaking that cycle of not announcing a show the week of on sale the last three weeks he or so. It. He's been yep. doing it consistently. So he's throwing me off. I think we're getting them, and they're out of order, so I think we're getting them as they confirm. Right, yeah. I agree. Uh -huh.